Imagine actually having Team McGalton and Miedema Russo and Black Sunnies together. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. I suppose 90 second minute. I've never scored a 90 second minute winner. I don't know what it feels like. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. The Women's Six Nations Show on OTB Sports. In association with Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Yeah, and you're very welcome along. It's Richie McCormick here with you ahead of the brand new TikTok Women's Six Nations series, which gets underway this Saturday. And chief among those games will be Ireland's opening salvo against Wales at the RDS, starting off a brand new era for Irish women's rugby under new head coach Greg McWilliams. He's sweeping a new broom and we will start against Wales, as I say, in Balls Bridge. Join me on the show today to look forward to the weekend's action and indeed the Six Nations as a whole this season is former Ireland captain Kira Griffin. Kira, good evening to you. Good evening, Richie. How are you? Not too bad, thank you very much. And also former Ireland prop Fiona Hayes joins us as well. Fiona, how are you? Richie, what's the crack? Not a bother, not a bother at all. This kind of seems like when we're into a new, we've got a new title sponsor, as I mentioned just there. We've got a new window for the Women's Six Nations as well. This kind of feels like, Fiona, it's almost like a brand new start for the Women's Six Nations. Yeah, this is uh, the clean slate, I think, that uh, Six Nations needed, but especially here in Ireland, Irish women's rugby needed. So um, it's the perfect time. New coaching staff, new sponsor come on. Uh, TikTok, I'm sure Kira Griffin's been practicing her TikTok dance moves since she heard. And um, it's yeah, it's exciting times for the competition. It's what it's needed. Yeah, Kira, like, Kira, is is it um, is something that the, the women's team would have been crying out for the last couple of years? I know that the pandemic obviously forced the hand a little bit last year, but is it something that the, the team had been calling out for and women's players as a whole, as a group, would have been looking for as a separate kind of window and a chance for the, the competition to shine on its own? Yeah, completely. I think it's great, the Six Nations is a standalone tournament. It's great to find, it's, I suppose it gives us the focus it needs, it gives the live coverage, and hopefully it increases viewership. And I think it just it will be able to showcase the strength women's rugby is at and how it's going from strength to strength. Definitely going in a World Cup year as well, it's, it's very exciting to have a standalone tournament for the leading into it. So I think the Six Nations, it's uh, it's fantastic that it's, it's on its own. Fiona, is it almost a case of, because I find myself thinking today as we're looking ahead to the, the opening weekend, that there was almost a little bit more room because... The week after the finish of the men's Six Nations, it feels like we're still in kind of, I guess, uh, picking through the bones of everything that went on there and it still needs maybe another week or so. Am I being too, wanting too much here to, to want even more separation between the two tournaments? I don't know. I think the hardcore rugby fans have just uh, watched the 20s win the Grand Slam, uh, watched the, the Irish uh, lads come close. So I think it's perfect time and I think people are in the zone. You're in that kind of Six Nations buzz. We've seen the crowds go to the Aviva for the home games and it's it's a week off and it's telling everybody get out now and, and get to the RDS. And I, and I think it's brilliant as well, Richie, that they've spread out the fixtures. So we have one game down in Cork, one up in Belfast and of course kicking it all off in the RDS. Yeah, it, it, it certainly adds another air of freshness to it. And being able to tour the country, I guess, uh, Kira is something that would have been huge for the players uh, going back in the day. To be able to play in three different venues, three different provinces is massive for the players. Yeah, like it's something we've always, it's actually something we always wanted. Um, as players, you know, you always wanted to tour Ireland. You know, as we always say, Ireland just, just isn't in Dublin. You know, it's throughout the country. And it's great that it kind of make it more accessible for players for different clubs. We have a lot more clubs now going to different games that you know it might be Cork is closer for certain Munster teams and vice versa. Similar for Ulster teams, being up in Belfast is fantastic. So often it's going to make it more accessible maybe to younger players who haven't had a chance before to mm. come to live matches. 
Um, so I think it's only it's, it's only a great thing, and it might grow and hopefully grow the viewership of the game throughout the country. Yeah, Kira, how are you finding all this? Uh, kind of on the outside looking in for the first time in a long, long while. Um, yeah, I'm actually enjoying the build-up. Um, the retirement is treating me well. Um, I, I'm, I'm loving it myself, to be honest. But it is, um, I suppose, it is strange at times, you know, because usually. Even at school now, you you know, you've been the mindset of you're getting work ready, leaving it for when you're away for Six Nations and all that. But um, I think it's really exciting. It's, it's a different approach now for me, a different mindset or a different viewpoint. Um, but I'm really excited for the group to see how they go. I'm delighted for Nicola Friday as captain. Um, I'm excited to see her lead the group out on Saturday. Um, oh, so I think it's going to be... Yeah, good yeah. competition. I was just going to ask you about Nicola because she's been handed the captaincy for this tournament and um, still only 26. It feels like she's already been around for a decade or more at this stage. Uh, you were handed the captaincy at a similarly young age. I think you were 24 and when you got the armband, first of all. What does it mean, first of all, to get the captaincy and, and what leadership qualities do you see, see Nicola bring into this team in particular? Yeah, I think look, being captain of any of any team is a massive honour, and especially your national team, uh, the team you, you grew up looking up to and you grew up playing with, uh, you know, watching, wanting to play with. Um, so I think for Nicola and her family, it was a massive proud day in the Friday household over Offaly. Um, so I'm delighted for them and for her. But I think for Nicola, you'll see she leads by example in her actions. You know, she's she's a real she's a massive work rate. Um, she's really like a, a real power unit, second row. Um, so she she works around the park an awful lot. She does a lot of the unseen work as well, work that you know like sealing the rock, securing that breakdown, being a first arrival, securing dirty ball, just being there on the latch. Work that if it wasn't there, you wouldn't have clean set plays or you wouldn't have I suppose the ball ready to play. Um, so I think with Nicola, she leads by example, and I think she really work hard around her to bring players along with her. Yeah, Fiona, for you, the right choice as captain is Nicola. Um, yeah, it was it was a funny one. I've had lots of conversations in the last couple of months thinking about who was, you know, who was choice. I thought Catherine Dane might have been another one that had that um come to mind, but I'm an old school forward. I always believe that the captain should be in the pack so they can get in the ear the ref a lot closer to him. Um so yeah, she's the perfect choice. Um I know she's taken over the leadership of the line out a lot in recent years as well, and the calls were made through her and she seemed to kind of gradually be taking that step up and be building confidence and it's exactly what Kira said you know you mightn't see her carrying big ball around the park but it's it's that work that we don't see in the stats you know first second arrivals and she's always there she's secure she's very tight on the ball and she's she's giving those players around her a helping hand and and she's kind of been doing that for a long time now yeah um it's an interesting one this like Fiona you mentioned before that, that Greg McWilliams the new head coach is uh, when you were talking to us, I think recently he's a player you kind of want to play for. Um, what do you think he's going to bring to the side this year, and, and and how much of a departure is it going to be from the last previous years that we've seen uh, under the under the previous regime? Yeah, so I think with Greg, his big thing is alignment and getting everyone aligned. Um, I'm kind of watching from a coach's eye um, to see what what he's what he's looking to do, you know. And you're thinking ahead. So looking at the squad that he's picked, Richie, I, I think he's going to want to play a lot of quick ball. He's one. He's big on KBA, keeping that ball alive. Um, so the pack and and the backs in general mightn't be your big massive ball carriers, but what they'll give you is a fitness and a work rate around the pitch. And I and I know he spoke 
talking about um, keeping ball in play as well. He's trying to get to that 33 minute mark where where the ball is in play for that length of time or not that 33 minutes, but it's it's in play for a long sustained time, which Ireland haven't been doing. He's studied that and he's found they're a lot lower than other um, national teams. So that's something he's looking at working at and, and getting those quick balls. And I think in his selection, we definitely see that a lot of the seven girls are included and uh, he wants fast, he wants fit players and he wants to play the game he's thinking. Yeah, when we kind of talk about fast, we think about Bevan Parsons, um, Kira, but she's obviously been left on the bench. Uh, Lucy Bullhall uh, preferred on the wing and, and Amy Lee Murphy-Crow on the other. But it does look like, a, a, you know, there's a lot of pace in there and there's a lot of drive and there's a, there are points contained within that back three in particular. Yeah, completely. Like, you know, it shows how competitive training has been, how selection has been, that you see David on the bench. But again, that's a, what a what a substitute be able to bring on, an impact player. Um, so I think she probably will be chomping at the bit to make a point for when she comes on, which might be a good thing also, you know, um, have a have that real impact. Um, I think with the likes of like Lucy and, and Amy Lee, they're they're used to each other from sevens, they know how to play along one another. So I think that'll be interesting in either ring. And I think what we see with Amy Lee is that she'll often work in to get on the ball. She'll work in to find herself to get that to get that carry. So I think that'd be a massive addition um the weekend against Wales. Um also I'm looking forward to the battle between Amy Lee and Jasmine Joyce, just to see them front up against each other and just see how that battle goes. How about that centre partnership, um, Fiona? Because it, it is, uh, it's a new concoction for, for this tournament uh, with Eve Higgins in alongside Stacey Floods on Saturday. Do you see that working okay? I mean, they're both Leinster teammates. They, you would figure that they're both going to be able to, to vibe off one another for, for the entire 80. Yeah, Leinster teammates probably haven't played a lot with Leinster, but they definitely know each other from the sevens. Um, it's actually the one that shocked me. I didn't, I didn't think Stacey. I thought we were going looking at Stacey at out half because um, we talked a lot about changes in the past. I'm delighted to see Nicole Cronin in there, but um, do you know what makes it very interesting as well, Richie, is that you've now two good kickers on the pitch, so you've got a ten and a twelve, so that gives you a lot more options. So we probably won't just see attacking, running rugby. I think we will see maybe chipping over the top we'll try to really kind of uh, get behind that Welsh defence so Eve Higgins really really good ball carrier she's lightning quick and and we all know what type of playmaker Stacey can be so have a playmaker at 12 is going to be exciting to watch as well Yeah Kira, what can we expect from Eve and Riley it's a big uh, big day for her making her full debut at scrum half it's a big ask to be thrown in at the deep end like this but judging by everything that, that Greg McWilliams has had to say about her today after naming his team it seems like she's going to be more than up for the more than up for the case yeah, completely. Like Aileen has, you know, she's been involved in Irish camps since around 2018, 2019. And um, she's been in and out of different training camps. She has a lot of experience, I suppose, of the style of rugby you want to play in that camp setting. And obviously has a vast experience from the sevens coming in. Um, with Black Rock this year, she played quite well also. So I think with Aileen, she has a lot of confidence and she's quite a quick player and she's not afraid to, I suppose, attack those channels. She's not afraid to carry all sort of quick picking goals. Um, to keep that to keep that defence honest, um, I'm really excited to see how how Aileen and Nicole work together as a nine and ten pairing because, like Fiona said, um, I'm really excited to see Nicole at ten really strong there this year and into pros and for UL Bowls this year in the in the IL season. 
Um, I think that pairing could be electric, and I'm just really excited to see how they go at the weekend against Wales. Yeah, it's uh, it's set up nicely. Just a reminder to keep an eye out and an era for Wednesday Night Rugby each week where we'll be giving away tickets to every home game for the Women's Six Nations with thanks to Vodafone, proudly sponsoring the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Um, Fiona, there seems to be a general air... Like, I don't know if this is a result of, of everything that's gone on with women's rugby in Ireland over the past uh, six to 12 months in particular, but there seems to be an air of everything's a little more settled uh, this time around going into a Six Nations. That The squad that Greg has been able to pick from, obviously, is at the, the work leading into this, this Six Nations camp, but there seems to be less chopping and changing. There seems to be a, more, a, a surety and a more sure-footedness about how we're setting forth into the Six Nations. Would it be wrong in that assessment? No, I think you're correct, but I think that's the alignment I thought that Greg likes to bring. So when Greg came into the role, he made it very clear at the start that the sevens were going to be included. He t- he said they can play so many games. He will be deciding everything on form and how people are training. So it was kind of laid out and everyone bought into that system. And, you know, when you're up at camp and you see these girls training... But Richie, I think the big thing was he also went to those seven girls and said, I need you to go back to your clubs and I need you to play rugby. I need you to play in this AIL and I will watch the video footage and you will get to the 15s camp based on your merit of playing 15s rugby. And that's, I think, what the players wanted across the board because people understand, you know, that it's not the same game. It's 15s. It's a lot different. And especially in the pack, it's exceptionally different because there's a lot of lineouts are different. You have to learn a lot more calls and it's a lot more phase play. So I think because of that, everyone seems to be grounded. We, there's a clean slate. They've pushed aside that report now and it's he's come in with his new coaches and I think there's a happy buzz up at camp from what I'm hearing. Yeah, Kira, it seems to be everybody knows where they are heading into this camp, which is, is a massive thing for confidence, I guess. Yeah, it is, exactly. And like like Fiona said, it is, there seems to be a good buzz in camp from what we're hearing, which is excellent. And there's a real sense of cohesion. That's what, uh, in the people, of course, I've been talking to, they feel really close, cohesion. People know where they're at, they know what they're doing, or what's, what they're meant to do. Um, so I think that's really good for people going forward and that there is that real clarity, clarity of, where you're playing, what you're doing. Um, so I think that's only going to help the group move forward to build that cohesive unit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that had clearly been lacking for the last while. And, and I guess, I don't want to say held the team back, but it certainly would have informed how those Six Nations the last couple of years went. Um, as regards the Welsh team that they're playing uh, this coming week, I mean, it seems like this is, from the outside looking in, an ideal start, Fiona, but you know, Greg McWilliams has been you know keen to to point out that they had a really good November, that they're building themselves towards the World Cup later this year and should not be written off by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not written off. I think they played uh, the American Eagles last week in an internal game as well. So they're after getting that under their belt. Um, I think the big thing with these with this Welsh team is they were similar to Ireland maybe last year or a year and a half ago. There was a lot of stuff going on internally. Players weren't happy, um, especially with kind of coaching and systems he was playing. So they seems to have really moved on for that. They're very, very with, happy with their coach, but they've also given out, I think it's 12 um, contracts contracts as well so they've 12 contracted players um who are getting fitter so that's about six months a lot of people would think wales maybe weren't the fittest team when we've seen them over the last two years so these players are now on on full-time contracts you would hope that they would their fitness would be peaking around now and also you have to talk about them playing in that prem in prem 15s over in england bristol bears are, are maybe second or third i think at the minute and they have a lot of wedge players and they seem to be very cohesive as well yeah that 
that that level and being able to play in, in the in the in the English game as well. Is good. Like I know we had certainly have our own representatives over there, but not as many as the Welsh would have. And I guess Kira, that's going to give them a real sense of confidence themselves heading into this tournament that they know that they can play at that level and, and can account for teams on their best day. Yeah, completely. Look, you want you want to play the best week in week out, and I think that's often what the Premiership provides you with that opportunity to play against teams of internationals, which only is going to develop you as a player, but develop also a skill set. Um, like Shuan, the Welsh captain, came out during the week and said that they're probably at the best skill set they've ever been at as a group. So I think there are big words leading into Six Nations. So I think they'll want to back up, back that up also. Um, like Shuan was saying, they had the game against the, the American Eagles. They led 15-0 in the first 20 minutes. You know, with a, and that was what you suppose, in the first 20 was their, I suppose, more cohesive pack. So I think they'll take real solace in that going forward. And like you see the likes of Karis Phillips back starting, has loads of experience. You see the likes of, of Sean and Harry's in the, on, on the bench, again, hoping to get into our Fort Worth Cup. So they have vast experience there in that far pack. And I think they'll u- utilise that um, the weekend. Yeah, being able to call upon the likes of Dorothy Wall uh, again this year has got to be brilliant in being able to counteract that kind of threat, uh, Fiona, that's going to be po- posed by the Welsh pack. Yeah, that's it. I looked at this team, you know, you, you've no Kleena Maloney, um, the junior herself, the Don that's on the call here has has since retired. And and I was kind of, and Lindsay Pete has gone out. I, I was thinking these were probably the biggest ball carriers Ireland had um, in maybe the last few games, especially in the qualifiers. So to to see the likes of Dorothy Wall, we know what she can bring and it's definitely ball carried. So this will be a chance for her to maybe get on a little bit more ball and I think her footwork in contact as I've watched her with BlackRock as well in the last couple of games she's really really excelled at that I know she's been kind of training up with the sevens in that full-time environment so I think we're going to see even better player than we saw in the last Six Nations Yeah Kira, given the drain of experience uh, yourself included as, as Fiona mentioned there from that pack have you any worries or any concerns from them heading into this game against Wales? Um, no, I think, look, as I always say, like we always, we can't look back and we have to look forward. So it's a real opportunity for this group now to put their hand up, put their hand up to develop natural leaders within the group. And you say there, like Siddharthi, she missed out in November's injury. So I'd say she's champing at the bit to come back. Um, again, Linda has been playing rugby over in France, playing at the top level, getting extra you know, expert coaching, as she's been saying. So again, she'll come back with more confidence, looking to play well. I'm delighted to see Katie O'Dwyer, um, at tight. Um, and I think Sam Monaghan, although look, she only has five caps, she's quite an experienced head on her. Um, and she knows how to control different situations and she's a real worker. So I think there's enough there to, I suppose, counteract that, I suppose, lack of experience in terms of ability and really wanting to put the best foot forward. Yeah, and again, it. also, Adele McMahon at, at, at seven, you know, she's, she's a tyrant as a, as a flanker in terms of you don't want to be in the opposite side of her anyway. Um, so I think she'll put a lot of pressure on, on the world side. Yeah, the Six Nations show, of course, here is with thanks to Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Um, Fiona, we'll get on to, I know you have uh, a team to look out for this coming weekend, but first of all, the competition as a whole, we're almost, you know, we're uh, myopic in our own sense, and that's understandable that we look at Ireland and our progress. But is there anybody going to catch England again this year? Because their record over the last five, six years in this competition is immense. Um, and the level that they've been able to play at, and we mentioned the ability to play that kind of organised 15s rugby week in and week out over in England, like it's it's massive. Is there any stopping them this year? 
the only team that could probably get them is that French team. You know, they're going to be playing over in France. Um, that's always a cauldron to go to the French crowd. Um, I won't say hostile, but they're, they're not the friendliest people in the world uh, to, to play on the pitch with, especially when you're coming out the tunnel. They love to wind players out. Um, looking at this England team on paper, there's probably nobody near them right now. Um, but I also think that Middleton, Simon Middleton, might be looking at, you know, testing a few things out like Eddie Jones in brackets said he was doing for this Six Nations but I think going into a World Cup they'll definitely be trying to get a, a they've had Zoe Harrison in a 10 they might be trying to change a few things so we might fee, see a few games where we won't um, take the scoreline you know where we might predict the scoreline to be big but England mightn't so for me I think France is the only team that could take him and just because the French team are at home Yeah I'd imagine you have a similar mindset Kira. Yeah, exact same. And like France away is a totally different kettle of fish. Um, they really make it into their like their Coliseum, whatever stadium they play in, and that home crowd really gets them an extra level. Um, so if there's any team to catch England, it, it will be France. Yeah. Um, how far away then, Kira, are we? I guess this Six Nations, without wanting to, to cast it aside by any sense, but with a new coach and with the amount of new players and the turnover that we've had in the past 12 months, you kind of figure it will take a competition, a Six Nations, to have an exact bearing of where we are probably a year down the line. Um, but how far away realistically are we from that top two? Yeah, I think I think this year this this campaign will tell a lot. Um, like I don't like we say like it won't be an overnight success, not with a new regime or a new management and as well as a new coaching style. Um, I'd say you're hoping. I'd say maybe 18, 18, 24 months. Um, maybe after the after the World Cup, you'd love to see Ireland fighting for that top two that top two spot. Um, but I just don't think it'll be straight away. It will take time to put in that platform. Um, myself. Yeah. Then what what would be regarded as success, I guess, in this Six Nations for you, Kira? For me, I think, and what you'd always think when you're playing at home, you always want to target your your home games. You always want to either win your home games or at least get points. I think for this group. They'll really target those three home matches, um, and obviously they have two tough away games. Mm. So I, I think when they're away, they'll be looking just to, I suppose, implement their own their own play to ensure they stay with their game plan. That when they are away, that they don't, I suppose, go into reactive rugby. That they play, that they keep their structure. Um, but I think when they're at home, your their target really should be to win their three home games, and if not, at least come away with points. In those matches yeah um yourself fiona what would be success is it winning the home matches is it competing in the home matches and and then asking as many questions as you possibly can then a france and, and england away from home yeah obviously they're look going to look at um how the game pans out so if you lost the game closely they'll probably take that as a, a success because it's their first year but i think it's it's winning those home games although ireland are probably the only team well, not probably are the only team that haven't qualified for the World Cup in the mm-hmm. in the Six Nations. I think definitely bar England and France, the other three are definitely beatable and especially at home. The players are there. They have been playing rugby. You know, they, the review came out and it was there was a chat about it. Not enough rugby being played. They have been played. So it's about getting that cohesion and I think they've had a couple of camps together now and, and I, I'm very interested to see but I, I, w- I would think they would be very happy with winning three three home games Yeah, that would be uh, certainly uh, a mark of success and, and something to look forward to particularly with the as we mentioned at the top of the show the team turned around the country this year uh, starting off in the RDS and obviously ending up in Kingspan Stadium and in between at Musgrave Park uh, but as we mentioned there Fiona you've got like, ordinarily at this point further weeks down the line we'll be talking about the team of the week and, and who are the standout performers 
We haven't got that just yet because we haven't had any games played yet, but you've got a team for us to look forward to and to look out for this coming weekend across Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, before the squads were announced, uh, Beaving Parsons really upset my whole uh, my whole plan, so I had to go back to the drawing board. She still counts. Um, She's a substitute. It's fine. She'll come on. Yeah, she'd probably come in and score four tries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I I, I, I just kind of, I wanted to divide it up, obviously, between all the six nations, because you wouldn't want to be doing a one to 15 from, for Ireland, <laughs> and I honestly probably would do that. Um, but, but yeah, look, uh, I, I'll start. We've got Linda Jujang and... She, to me, it has has to be. If this has to be our tournament, you know, she's probably the 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 most the biggest ball carrier now in that front row with Kleena gone. She's been playing in France. She's obviously been played at loose head over in France to get her trade up and, and I think she's she's definitely going to be someone to watch out for especially around the park the Ireland might I, they might have to settle into that scrum because they haven't played together those three front row girls so that might take a game or two but I definitely think around the park she's definitely one to watch mm. um, Amy Cockaine England probably one of the best hookers I've ever I've ever seen uh, Kira, would that be your opinion as well? You're yeah. completely she's She's there like a, a, an extra back row player in her style of play. And yeah. she's a middle athlete. Yeah, playing with Harlequins as well. So she's been lighting it up in the Prem 15. So she's definitely someone to watch out for. Um, and then with France, you've got the tighted Rose Bernadou. And what what a ball carrier. What a really strong scrummager. She offers you it all. And, and France are really good with their front rows. They kind of uh, take them off around the 55, 60 minute mark. So so she gets to empty the tank and she knows that she's she's going off, you know, just after halftime. So she gives it her all in games. Um, Kira spoke about her earlier, but um, oh, sorry. Yeah, Sam Monaghan. Mm. So Sam Monaghan. I've been watching her with Wasps. Um, I've only seen her with Ireland, as you said, the five times, but I've been watching her closely with Wasps and her physicality is absolutely immense. She seems to be everywhere in the park as well. I'm absolutely blown away by her work rate, um, especially in that Prem 15. She's she's making serious shapes over in England and and also like to have her behind that tight head. She'll sit in behind Katie O'Dwyer and she give her that extra structure behind her. So she's the, she's the perfect option there. Um, obviously, you can't not in a second row talk about Zoe Alcraft. Mm. So Zoe is... Um, Zoe is uh, player of the year, you know, last year, world player of the year. She's with England. She's playing over in Gloucester and um, can play. She's actually probably playing a lot of back row with them, but but she's just a, a really, really good player and a dynamic and just a second row that's everywhere on the pitch. A James Ryan type of character. Um, with my back row, Adele uh, McMahon, we were talking about her. Kira was talking her at seven. You can't overlook her. She she called her, I, I call her a terrier. She's nibbling at your feet in every <laughs> rock and, and that's what you want out of, out of your back rows. She's another girl that was playing in Wasps and she's been immense. She had a bad injury, um, but she rehabbed it, but she's back, maybe played about four or five games at Wasps and she's built up her fitness and, and she's, she's back to her usual thing and I'm sure she's doing it up in camp as well to get selected at seven. Um, also Gail Hermé so she's the French captain another back row Kiri would have come across her a little bit as well when you're playing immense 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 work rate she's a six kind of blindside flanker does all the dirty work does the clearing out of rocks but she also gets involved and really really good in uh, the line out and excellent off the back of the scrum defensively as well she she absolutely smashes people um, Jade Congal is someone I had to name at number eight for Scotland has been playing over in Harlequins as well she took a 
couple of years out or a year out with Scotland to become a firefighter. She had to focus that and they really, really missed her. I think she came back in for the qualifiers, so she didn't play the last six nations. But we saw a different Scottish team with her in it. Mm. What she what she brings as a ball carrier, especially off the back of the scrum. Although sometimes they do play her at six as well, but she's just she's just a real good leader and you can see her constantly talking to people. So she's someone that I'd really be watching out. I love a good back road that took me about 20 minutes uh, to pick someone but uh but we went with her um so just 101 caps for italy sarah baratine like what a, what what a player she's still around still rocking it still bossing her pack around the pitch um she's she's probably i wouldn't i think she's 31 is she or 32 kira so she's she's she'll go to this world cup and probably might be the end of it although i don't want to be calling time on anyone's career but 101 caps and still still really really good in those qualifiers i thought she was just so controlled and her kicking game as well is something that really stands stately um at 10 zoe harrison you know, it's uh, Katie McLean was 10 for a long, long time. And I know over in England, they were, were wondering who's going to take over. You had Meg Jones as well, who was there that plays uh, 12. But I think Zoe Harrison, especially in the last Six Nations, and she's playing with Saracens, is someone that has just settled into that role. Beautiful right leg and her can grub her the ball can chip over the top and but it's her her game play on the game line she puts players into space and she's probably a really really big threat for that English back line uh, 11 this was uh, Bavin but uh, you cannot <laughs> you cannot talk, talk about Bavin and her sevens counterpart so we had to go with Amy Lee Murphy Crow um, I've played with her back years back with Munster team so she when she played 15s before she went to the sevens she's constantly asking questions wants to be the best she can be she's the most you know she just absolutely absorbed knowledge and since she's gone into the 15s game um, she's now looked far more comfortable this season we saw her once she gets going we see what she can do in the sevens circuit but I think we're really going to see a lot of her and as Kira said she's going to get herself involved coming in off uh, that blind wing and getting herself on the ball so I'm excited to watch her um, Hannah Jones from Wales is someone I've seen a, a little bit she's playing over in England as well um, really really good crash 12 she she's kind of the type of player that can crash the ball she's not big in size but she'll crash it or else she'll put people into space and she works really really well with jasmine joyce as well i know wales do a lot of moves where she comes in off her shoulder so she's someone that gets players into space and she's an exciting player to watch uh beatrice rigoni you could not talk about her uh, in center for italy um with her scrum cap she's she's just an absolute we talked about tricky being a terror she's a similar <laughs> type of player she's she's just there she's involved in everything she's she celebrates the wins she really loves when her team she gets everyone up for it but she's also really really good footwork so she can dance around players and she's one of the main threats with Italy and she has been in the last year and a half when I've been watching them play um, Jasmine Joyce at 14 who we've who we've talked about earlier as well playing with Bristol Bears what a player with Great Britain I think she was uh, not the last Olympics the one before that she was the only player outside of England to make a, a Great Britain's uh, squad for the sevens so that just shows how good and how fast she is and she's just excelled and excelled at the game and every time she puts on that Welsh shirt she's getting better and better and still quite young so she's looking forward to World Cup and I think Six Nations is a time she's really going to want to shine as well hmm. and last but not least Ellie Kildon for England um, there's an England do change around their full 
relax, but someone they've kind of had in in the last Six Nations quite a bit was Ellie Kildon, real threat, um, so secure under the high ball. A lot of people like to kind of, you know, push England back, but Ellie Kildon is kind of counter-attack from everywhere, and I think she's someone to watch out as well. Okay, table set nicely for the weekend's action and indeed for the season ahead in the Women's Six Nations. Fiona Hayes, thank you so much, and Kira Griffin as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Six Nations show. Cheers, Richie. Thank you. Thanks, Mill. The Women's Six Nations Show on OTB Sports. In association with Vodafone, proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.